0: Good evening, I'm Jeff. Welcome to BAM, the Badass Midnight Movies Podcast. And we're finishing up the month of May with a little secret. Shh, I won't tell anybody. But uh, we finish up the creepy doll stuff, Child's Play, did Megan. But we'll finish up with one of my favorites. A little underrated movie that came out in the year 1998, when you were all born. And that is the Denzel Washington movie, Fallen. Um doesn't really sort of fit the vibe of the month. But in a way, it sort of does. You'll see what I mean. We're all about demon possession with little dolls. In this case, instead of a doll, you're going through human beings through touch, through this demon or angel or whatever as you find out. But it's one of my favorite films. And hopefully it is yours as well. So I got mine queued up at 000. As you know, there'll be pausing in between. So if I go silent... That means I want to use the restroom or calm my dog down because he likes to bark a lot. So that's that. Anyway, guys, in three, two, one, press play and let's watch Fallen. Sorry about that. I had a little technical difficulty. I kind of zigged when I sort of zagged. Again, one of my favorite things in a film is the cold opening. I've talked to I've talked to people about this many, many times, and you can hear in the archives. Why? So to me, this is one of those films, as far as Denzel's career goes, and Denzel's had a massive, massive career. If you want to go look on IMDb, I'm looking at IMDb right now, and to be honest, it wouldn't do it justice of how much films this guy has been in, and, you know, I mean, he's so good. I mean, he's still acting to this day and still relevant. Um, If you guys have watched the Equalizer series, which they're coming up with a third movie next year, which I've heard. I've heard rumblings in CinemaCon. that takes place in Italy, so he's going against the Italian mob, which delights me. Anything with the violence. <laughs> Donald Sutherland, of course, father of Kiefer, been in tons of horror films. Um, he was in this one horror film in the 70s, which I, not, I'm not, i not to mention Invasion of the Body Snatchers, but just another one I think we covered a long time ago. I'll dig it up. Dental looking very spry. That's Elias Cortez, if you guys don't recognize him. He's been in tons of film, Thin Red Line, a couple of the prophecies. He was even Casey Jones in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So he's been in a lot of stuff. And still active to this day. He's the um actually has a podcast out. Harley Quinn and the Joker. Hmm. Tons of T V stuff, so he's been in stuff. Now, that is supposed to be ancient Sumerian he's speaking right now, that line. There's been a couple of films out there that have done this, I don't want to call it a trope, but you've seen this before, where the detective goes to visit the guy he put in jail, he's trying to find out more information, maybe some extra bodies he's hidden, etc. And Denzel sort of of keeps playing this role as he goes forward in his life as well, until it's training day, then things kind of change. And he basically, if, if you think about training day, He's basically playing the same character, just a little bit more shades of gray in it. Ah! Again, you talk about music, the film, this song, especially the Rolling Stones, they play a huge part in this film. More on that later. You know, there was always a big debate growing up, especially for people around the 60s or actually that time range. I guess they call them the baby boomers. My mom was one of them. And, um, you know, Beatles were Stones. And we are Stones family. <laughs> Again, I'm looking at um, Elias's film credits and just insane. I haven't even touched Denzel yet. We'll be here forever. But he was not Crash... And he was in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three. Benjamin Button. Harold and Kumar Christmas. So the guy's got versatility. Again, not on screen long enough, but if you figure, again, pay attention to this song because it's a running trope throughout the entire film. Now, of course they don't do this anymore as far as like the smoke goes at least I don't think they do I've heard some laws more like lethal injection nowadays but they're gonna cook them The narrating by Denzel, also top-notch. This could become boring at times, but it adds because he's not narrating through the entire film, but when he comes in, it's always something of meaning. Now, this movie, as far as when we find out, I'm not going to give it away, but you find out That Elias' character has been possessed by a a demon or an angel. I mean, it depends. I mean, if you look in both... um, If you read Catholicism and Christianity, the the demon whose name will get there is, in some aspects, an angel, in some aspects, a demon. And actually, one of my favorite TV shows of all time, this character shows up in a couple seasons. Actually... He's the first main bad villain for the first first two seasons. And then he's kind of mentioned here and there. Detective John Hopes. This was another film for me, and besides Denzel being awesome as he always is. This is the intro to a couple. One iconic character, which you're seeing right now, and that is James Gandolfini. He plays Lou. He went from Lou to Tony. Eh, yeah, mustache does not work for him. And, of course, in the middle there, if you recognize him, John Goodman. And what I was going to say before I James Ganafini pop on the screen there is um, this is one of the first films for me, personally, <clears throat> that John was like, you could see that he had the acting chops. Not that he did in Roseanne. It takes a lot of talent to be a comedian, especially on TV to carry sitcoms like that. You got to have timing and everything. But this is the first film that, for me, that he hit that drama role And then he kept that going throughout. Like he's more of a character actor now and he keeps going. I think he's still on Roseanne as well. I've stopped watching, of course. That's a very Batman thing to say. There's this kind of moral dilemma that goes throughout the film as well so almost like faith I forgot it's more like faith versus fear faith versus like is it does it exist or not? There's a TV show that my friend also got me into is um evil and that kind of test those theories. It's more of like you know she's the girl is I believe she's a CSI or crime scene psychologist and then the uh, Luke Cage uh, Michael Coulter's character is more of like a guy who's studying to be a priest but he he kind of like dips his toe in those avenues now this entity that Mr that Elias was killed for I forgot his name I got it right in front of me I'm trying to be pretty but I'm cute but uh Edgar. Edgar's character, of course, is the one that we're introduced, and you know he only was on the screen for five minutes, with five brilliant minutes. You know he sets us up. You know he's basically um, the main character we're going to get to know. And a trope that my one of my favorite shoes uh, shoes <laughs> shows supernatural carried on, but they did it more, where you could see it is like the demon possessing the human body and the, and supernatural was more of a black smoke. You see how the demons possess and um, the angels possess with white light, but this, the demon is transferred through touch. So when Edgar or Elias, excuse me, is playing the character from the beginning of the movie, he is basically setting the tone for what the demon is like his mannerisms, his, you know, the way he talks, you know, like kind of sarcastic, like, you know, hey, give me a blowjob. I forgot what the deal with his brother is. Like, um. I think those are brothers. See, I don't know if there's a special needs guy or something. I. Or he's dosed on LSD. I don't know. There's something off about him. Family man, <laughs> I stopped eating peanut butter jelly sandwiches years ago, especially peanut butter. Peanut butter, I was trying to eat a lot of protein, and then, well, I'm not gonna tell you what happened, but I'll just say if you continually eat a lot of peanut butter, especially peanut butter sandwiches. No, I'm not saying that Eric Krippy didn't borrow or he like just, you know, kind of cherry pick from other places, other movies, other like influences he had in his life. But when I look at this film, I see a lot of things that he could have. He could have cherry picked. Number one, the transfer of the demon from body to body. He just sort of upped it. Um. Well, this gentleman is wearing a suit right now. Demons and Supernatural, ideally, they're kind of well-dressed. They always got a suit on. Same thing with angels. You know, that's one thing. I was like, they always wear suits. Now, I'm trying to find a film that Donald Sutherland did. It's a a horror movie. But he has so many IMDb credits, it's just tough to look and find out which is which. Like Invasion of the Body Snatchers, that's one. But he did another film, and I cannot... If you guys know which it is, please do PM me and let me know unless I find it right now. But my God, the guy's been in tons of films. Yeah, I... But the guy's IMDb is just ridiculous. Ordinary People, Bear Island, Fallen. Of course, he was... um, For your younger fans, he was in the... um, Oh, what is it? They were going to make a new movie. Uh, Mockingjay. What is it? The Hunger Games. President Snow. They're making, actually, a President Snow prequel. My my daughter's into that. Um, Yeah, he's been in tons of stuff. I mean, I'm not going to go over which... She's really trying to find that horror one, but um And still acting. You yeah, it's funny, I be- and I believe, if I am correct, and usually I am, this secretary right here to the left where John Goodman's at, I'm not sure where you guys are, I'll give you a little, um, I am at 2053. Okay. Okay, where is she? I know she's there. That is Ada Tutoro, who's playing Tiffany now, and she becomes the sister of James Gandolfini in The Sopranos. So you could see the beginning of The Sopranos right here. Like, maybe in some weird multiverse, they were cops, they are part of the law. Sorry, the multiverse is on my mind, guys. Damn. (laughs) Ouch. Literally. Nah, America Online. It's back in the day when everybody had AOL. Some people still have AOL, AOL screen names. I'm not going to mention who. <clears throat> Maybe me, but... Was it Hotmail? AOL... Now this is where there this is where basically the detective work begins. It's like, okay. starting to put a pattern together. Hmm, why is that, Donald Sutherland? Something to hide. Well, that's the way I've heard. I mean, I'm not a cop. I had, um, I got some uncles from the other side of my family that are cops, and they sort of have told me, in not so many terms, that that's kind of how like a police station is. One of them is a lieutenant in Chicago, and they're like, yeah, you know, just you know, keep everything streamlined. Like if people don't want to go too deep. You know, you look at, them. Um, <laughs> I'm staring at IMDb right now. I'm looking at the, because um, they normally, like, they'll pop the, the film and the, the information, the actors, and, you know, everybody's in the film. And they'll say more movies like this. And the next four movies that are exactly or sort of like the, along the same lines are four Denzel movies. There's The Bone Collector. Actually, three or four, I'm sorry. The Bone Collector, Kiss the Girls, Deja Vu, which is really good. Out of time, I have not seen. There's always clues in everything, no matter how ridiculous. That is Mbith Davitas, I believe. Mbith Davitas, yes. She was an army of darkness. Bicentennial Man, which I did not watch. Matilda. No, this is when we get into the faith practitioner of the film, like a little theology and all that stuff. She was also Mary Parker of The Amazing Spider Man. So, another a couple of geek connections. Speaking of copycat killers, a film that. <clears throat> called Copycat. Uh, Sigourney Weaver's in it. I think Holly Hunter's in it. And Harry Connick Jr. is in it. And he actually plays a serial killer. And um, by the title of the film, it's about a copycat killer. Basically copying you know, the killers of the 20th century like uh, Bundy, Dahmer. Etc. And uh, Gordon Weaver and Holly Hunter basically have to chase him down. Pretty good flick. She looks like a little like Anna Paquin there. A little bit. See, the fact that Denzel or Detective Hobbs, excuse me, he's one of those people that's by the book factual cops, like, hey, I gotta go out, find out the mission, you know, follow the breadcrumbs. And then to me, things take a little differently because when you throw in that supernatural attribute, almost like Kolchak, if you watch Kolchak in the uh, the 70s, not Kojak, Kolchak. And that's where we have the little story beginning of faith and reason right there. Benzel's the cop. He's all about reason. And Miss Milano, of course, is more about faith. You know, when you find out, I cannot wait till we get there. I mean, I thought I want this movie to end, but. When you find out what's going on with this whole voiceover and everything, to me, it's just... That's the septic tree. I'm not sure if this is taking place in Chicago or Philadelphia, but I, when I used to live in Woodbridge with my brother and, and uh, my parents, we would go to Philadelphia almost every weekend. We up some friends of ours. Get up near like six thirty seven in the morning. My dad used to drop us up at Princeton Junction train station, and we basically would take the train from Princeton Junction, to Philadelphia, which was, I believe, an hour or 45 minutes away, but it was a great ride. I used to listen to, always, that's how I got into music, big time, uh, a little cassette portable player going with me, and I would wear out these tapes just to go to um, Sonic Boom and buy more. I really got to find out the story of the brother. I'm not sure if the brother is sick. He's been traumatized. But, you know, come on. The dude has been sp- spending his time in a bathroom the entire day. Yeah, hey, don't worry about your brother. He's already ready for bed. Oh, that's grilled cheese. Mm. You know, as I'm recording this, it's um, it's Memorial Day, and um, we just had hamburgers, fries, and a little bit of grilled cheese. So good. so the demon was in him and I guess it left and and if I'm not mistaken the demon has to come back and see the demon's not stupid He's got to clean up his messes. You know, I take that back, by the way, with Elias. Not the first five minutes. I mean, five minutes you see him on screen and then you see a ton of footage with him and and like Denzel's doing right now. All right, guys, I'm going to take a little break, so I shall return. I'll give you guys a a time stamp when I return, but keep you watching the movie. We are at 3507, and I will update you when I return. So hang tight, guys. I'll be right back. Sure. Sorry about that. 40.27 we are at right now. So if you guys have lost your spot, because I know I did. Kind of funny he mentions deja vu. I'm a big Denzel fan. I'm not sure how you guys feel about Denzel. Some people say Denzel's overrated. Some say "Eh, Denzel's boring. I'm a Denzel guy. I've liked him ever since Glory. And I think there's just something that he adds. There's certain actors and actresses that when they're on screen, it could be the shittiest movie in the world. And they add something. It's like, oh, when he's in it, I want to see it. Like he's one of those guys, oh, Denzel's in it. Like Denzel, I think, is going to be in the new Gladiator movie. I'm fascinated to see it. Any movie that Christian Bale's in, I'll watch it. Ryan Reynolds is another guy. Like, ooh, I'll see it. Or certain tones. Keanu Reeves is another guy. I'll watch it. There's an old adage that says that, you know, oh, the days of the movie stars are kind of over. And that is true. Unfortunately, it is true. Because, you know, I think the last... Big film star out there probably was Will Smith. And then everybody else who's gotten big, they've gotten big off franchises. Ben Diesel's nothing without Fast and Furious. Robert Downey Jr. is really, honestly, although he's done some good films like Sherlock, really nothing without the MCU. Denzel's one of those guys he kind of elevates everything he's in, him like the Equalizer. You know, if you guys watch that and you're my age range. It was a cool series. I used to watch it with my dad. It's it's awesome. I mean, they, they, there's a remake, I think, going on right now with Queen Latifah. I've never seen it. But again, an IP that was not well known, very low on the list. And he's going to make a trilogy of those films. And to me, his characterization of The Equalizer, you know, it, it just, I mean, again, different eras, movies to fuck from TV. But there's just something he has. Even John Goodman is another one. He's not a, I would call a main movie star, but every film he's in, he will add something that you remember. Like, come on, the Big Lebowski. He was in Argo. There's something about the like these and these two. Is, they're they're kind of like the new Riggs and Myrtle in this film. Sort of, not really. But I love their dynamic. Like in a different world, you know, if you're a Spawn comic book collector, Sam and Twitch. Which I have to buy those figures, by the way. I'm a big McFarlane guy. Those are the guys I've not collected. These long panning shots where the cameras pull back and you see the car driving through the forest or whatever. I've always liked these. They, these shots are far and few between as far as the movies I see nowadays. Again, I think the movies like this Not necessarily suspense horror, which I think you would kind of classify this in, but like, you know, the unknown, like, where is this going? Like, at this point, when I'm watching the film, and I've seen this film quite a few times, but I haven't seen it recently, so it's kind of new to me again. It's kind of like the thing that uh, Michael and I had brought up, you know, when you see a movie, you haven't seen a movie in a while, it's like, okay, it's brand new again. Because, you don't you remember things, but you remember them when you're watching, hence why the movie commentaries we do. For like films we haven't seen in a while. Or if we had seen them recently. You know. Oh I remember this. Remember this. Again. The way they use Denzel in the voiceover. It's just, it's not done all the freaking time. I mean, it's done often in the film, but it's leading to something. Everything is leading to something. Denzel's walking down the basement right now, and um, if you, I'm from the south. Um, I live in Florida, Orlando, Florida. Uh, don't look at my address; I don't live there. <laughs> I have different addresses under my name. Seriously, um, go look. But um, uh, of course, in the south in Florida, we don't have basements, and if you do, it's very rare, mostly an attic. Um, I was thinking to a friend of mine, Jim Reeves. He's an old, oh, probably my oldest high school friend, probably like one of the few. I actually have a friend from elementary school that I keep in contact with, so try that. <laughs> but I, every time I see a basement, I remember Jim when he first moved out of his house. He had issues with his parents, as we all do in those ages. But he moved out, and the only place he could afford was this basement in New Jersey. He had, he barely had any money. He was surviving week to week on cans of like raviolis and stuff. So uh, one night I I had I was I had, I. We moved to Florida already, but uh, I was here because I didn't have a job. So I was like, gonna go visit him. And I visited my brother and went there. And he had this cool basement where we would just go there and get absolutely blitzed. 20, 36 beers watching wrestling. It was really fun. And, you know, he, the basement was huge. It was a great place. Great place. So when I see basements and he got it from, I just kind of like draw myself back to that. Now we're seeing some stuff, like the clues, Lead like the other clues. Now this is where you find out that maybe there's more that meets the eye than what's going on with these killings. Yep. First mention of the, the antagonist of this film is Azel, which I was waiting for the reveal, and um, this character will come back into it. And we'll get a whole little idea of is it what his Azel is or who he is. Again, it's different interpretations. Denzel so much class. One of the nine princes of hell. I recently watched the movie, The Pope's Exorcist, where they discuss another another demon, Osmodeus, Osamandius, or whatever. Osma, Osmandias is a character in The Watchmen. Thought F Osmodeus. We'll say that. And these characters, like Azazel, Asmodeus, Belial, Benmoth, Leviathan, Dagon, Ramiel, those are all princes of hell. Yes, I watch Supernatural, and yeah, I know it goes through that lore. But also, they also have demonology books and um, angel books, which a lot of these demon names are angel names as well, like like those names I mentioned. Azazel is one of the nine princes of hell, and so forth. Which, honestly, anytime a TikTok video comes up dealing with angels or demons, I will, number one, I'll like it. <laughs> number two, I will follow it. <laughs> That's just one of my favorite things I like. I just like the lore of demons and angels, put them together. That's why I love Supernatural. I recently watched a, not a great movie, The Devil's Prophecy, Dealt with Angels... Legion deals with angels. Dominion an old sci fi TV series deals with angels as well. Warring. The prophecy series, which Michael and I both enjoy, and one of these days whether it's just gonna be me doing it, I we will I will do the prophecy in some form. kind of ironic the the movie that you're seeing in the background right there as Denzel is doing his research in the bar is Freaks a 1930 film which is a very if you've never watched Freaks it's to me it's very terrifying and I heard um many years ago Rob Zombie was signed on to do a remake and my god you talk about like two things that are just made for each other Rob Zombie directing a reboot, reimagining of the freaks. I think, in my opinion, if he does it well, which his version of the monsters was, eh, to me, because he tried to pay too much homage to the series and didn't do it his own way. And I thought he was gonna do like a murderous monsters, but he didn't do that. Again, that's his choice. But if Rob Zombie is Rob Zombie from Halloween one, and he's doing the freaks, that could be a horror movie classic. Again, depends which Rob Zombie we get. You know, I had to pull him up as we're watching Denzel go into this strange apartment building. But Denzel's career is just, it's just, it's just not fair. Just not fair. I mean, you look at all these characters he's played. I mean, it's just, it's sick. It's just sick. Started acting at the age of 18, 1977 TV series. And then he kind of worked his way up the ladder. TV movie license to kill. He did a movie with Robert Townsend. And if I can find it. It's not. The Mighty Quinn. The Mighty Quinn he did. He was on St. Elsewhere, which I totally forgot. The Preacher's Wife. Virtuosity, which, by the way, is the first appearance of one of my favorite actors in the world. And that is Russell Crowe. If you've never watched Virtuosity, watch Virtuosity. It's another gem. and Russell Crowe is like a virtual reality sort of villain who comes to life. It's basically like a training program that police have to go through. Like He's supposed to be the end-all, be-all villain. Because he knows everything. And Denzel goes into this virtual world and he beats him all the freaking time. But then somehow this AI gets out into the real world and Denzel has to deal with it. Really good film. Didn't do too well in the box office, but that was sort of the beginning for me with the Russell Crowe and the love I have for him. Fallen, he Got Game. Remember the Titans? John Q, Hurricane. I mean, just American Gangster. Uh, one of my favorites, Frank Lucas, The Book of Eli. People love that. Unstoppable, two guns, Equalizer, Magnificent 70s in that. He was even in a Macbeth movie. He made it good. This cat's awful friendly. I cannot believe it. If you guys are a fan or were a fan, please let me find this this actor. I don't see him. (sighs) Where is he? He's the guy that played Black Lightning. He was just there, like a little forgot his name. My daughter would know him. He wasn't heart of Dixie. Ugh. Don't judge me. <laughs> See that's the thing about IMDB, they don't show the full cast list because they just Now this is what I was telling you before at the beginning of the film to pay attention to that song. It's like I was saying, there's three main characters in this film. There's Denzel, there's the demon Angel Azazel, and there's the Rolling Stones. Cress Williams. That was Cress Williams, if you saw him walking by. Little cameo. He goes on to do some bigger things later on, but he just walked by as a little detective. Is that Martin Scorsese? To me, it's... Again, you're playing off what Elias started. And, like, if you look at the... um Who plays Azazel in this film, there's, like, a ton of credits. Like, everybody. And they have to match Elias's tone, even if they're not speaking. And I think it's brilliant, the way this is done. That's why I think this perfectly fits when Michael and I were talking about what's a movie that can fit into Creepy Doll Month... But it's not a creepy doll. And this would be it. I'm having a lot of fun watching this guy, <laughs> as you can tell. That's kind of one of the worst feelings in the world right now that he's going through. He's like he's seeing all this happen in front of him and nobody knows what's going on. Man James Gandolfini is like a 70s sleazy cop. I mean, I know it's not the 70s in this film. Like but I'm guessing this is modern times. I mean, they not remember I mean, they haven't given us a a date for it, but Now, this was done around the time that Hercules, again, it's not a relationship towards these two things. It's just something I'm trying to match together as far as the Sumerian language and deities go. They use, if you, I used to love watching Hercules, Legendary Journeys. I mean, if you want to follow Kevin Sorbo and what he does in his personal life, that is up to you guys. I, you know, detach myself from that. But as far as like what he did as an actor, he did that on drama and Hercules. In one of the seasons he um Aeolus was his best buddy, sort of like his brother, but he was like his he's like a sidekick. And they actually made fun of that in the series as well. But in one of the seasons, uh Aeolus gets basically um oh, what's the word? Possessed by an evil deity Sumerian god called Dayhawk. or Devarok, whatever it's called. And he becomes evil. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big sucker for guys who are like the goody-goody guys. And then all of a sudden they get a touch of evil in them. Like It's one of my favorite episodes of, of Smallville. Go for a little sidebar. When Clark went to that dark side, when he had the red kryptonite, I thought he was like, man, this is the coolest dude in the world. I mean, he's got the power. He can do whatever he wants. In season one of Smallville, I think they brought that in. Or two, I could be correct. I could be standing be corrected they brought the red kryptonite back later on in the series, but he was more in control of it. Like the first time he used, it, he was out. of He was buying like TV sets. He was playing video games in his room. He was buying suits. And he's like, dude, what are you gonna do to me? Like I'm fucking Superman. And the truth is that's terrifying. And they think that was used later on for later stories, like injustice or injustice. He just went off kind of like what Homelander is. Homelander is basically an evil Superman. That's what Ultraman is. That's why I enjoy those evil variants of Superman, because I think they give him more depth. Not to say that the goody two-shoes, you know, the soldier is not a bad person. If you write them correctly, all-star Superman. But to me, I've always liked the darker version of Superman, like basically a god who has the world in the palm of his hands and he can do anything he wants. But he's like, nah, I just want to rule the world and I just want to watch you guys, puny people. You know what she's saying right there about being alone. And I don't like bringing up personal stuff. I don't. But it's just me and you guys. So what she said was true uh, as far as like trying to keep people at a distance because you want to protect them because you know what's coming. And sometimes, again, if you're a psychologist, it's a 50-50 thing. Oh, well, they can help you with this and that. It's all subject to interpretation. but sometimes the best way is to keep people away. Not that I speak from experience. Just saying. (laughs) One of the cooler things they do in this film, and you've seen it often, is a different lighting effect they have. They basically have the demon's perspective. You have Denzel, you have everybody else's character, but the demon's perspective is like more... The colors are more tinted. Everything's more enclosed, because the focus. You're looking at that scene right now. You know, we saw the scene a couple. You know, be a couple minutes back, where the demon is being just touched and passed around like a blunt. And basically you have to carry that cadence of the character everywhere you go. Now, you cannot tell me the mannerisms of the demons do not go into Supernatural because a lot of times the demons are exactly like this. They're very sarcastic, very funny in your face. They're just playful. This is a cool scene right here. The touch trying to get her. Now I'm the taxi driver, like yo. Uh oh. Worst guy to be a demon. To the taxi driver. Brings me back to a movie with Nick Cage and I think a young Amber Heard in this in this film where he's like a um. He's like a messenger from hell to save his daughter. I think Amber is his daughter in a film. And he's going to save her from these people who killed him. It's almost like The Crow, but it's just a little bit more weird. It's, it's almost like, I'm not sure if that was before Ghost Rider or after. I'm a big, here, let me give you guys a little secret. Come close. Shh. I'm actually a big fan of the Ghost Rider films. Shh. I'm at 11020, by the way, for timestamp guys. You know what I'm gonna start doing? Actually, I'm glad I thought of this myself. I'm gonna put the question in the Facebook page right now. Let's see if I can do that. I can multitask, right? posted it so um hopefully somebody will give me <laughs> an answer cuz i don't know Again, Donald is so good in every single film. He's been around forever. But again, what's the word I mean? The gravitas he adds? It's kind of like what I talked about Denzel earlier. Whatever film he's in, he just adds something. now I'll be honest with you guys we're about one or 113 in you're not gonna see anything horror related in this film all right I, by now you would have seen something you've seen some things more innuendo bodies lying in place but you won't see gore this is more psychological and again you have the perfect guy and Denzel to carry this film It's one of the things that amazes me about like big time like really just well-trained actors. And again, this guy's wearing the same bathrobe. <laughs> I had a black eye once, and going into work the next day was not fun. I, if you guys want to know the story, PM me and I'll tell you about it. I won't say it on the air because I don't want to reveal some names, but not one of my finer moments. This is the crazy thing about this film is like, he's the only one seeing all this unfold and nobody else. And they think he's crazy. The only person to believe him is the uh, is the daughter of Milano. But this demon travels through touch. See? Now, what was that about? <laughs> Did you see the woman walking across the street? <laughs> My God. That'd be kind of a difficult fight because if you touch him, you, he's in you. Yadahana and Menu Amanats, that's Sumerian, of course. I think this is filmed in Philly. A moment, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry, I'm trying to find out where this film was filmed. Uh, come on, man. Usually, it'll show it. Oh, Chris Williams was Detective Joe. Time is on my side, yes it is. Give me a moment. Okay. Yep, Philadelphia. I knew it. I, I knew it was Philadelphia. I just recognized all the streets, the layouts. Score one for me. Now, films like this are very small as far as story goes and small in scope. Again, I love the big action theater picks, uh, pieces. A couple weeks ago, I'm going to watch Flash. Probably going to cry. But like these smaller stories, the suspenseful stories, the stories that take place within a neighborhood, a city. You know, we're just trying to capture one guy or a killer. There's more character development. There's more like, hey, what's going on? You find out what's going on with the antagonist. What's going on with the protagonist? What's going on with the people around them? Like, you know, do they believe them or not? <sighs> See, this is... Ah, we got an answer to my question. Sorry, I just posted on the on the Facebook page. Uh, Michael Jones, a uh, person you might know of. Uh, the movie's called Don't Look Now. And Don't Look Now, of course, is a movie that Donald Sutherland is following the serial killer throughout the whole entire film. You find out, turns around, it's a freaking gnome, a midget with a uh, red riding hood type of thing, and he gets stabbed to death. So, Let me give uh, Michael a shout out there. Don't say the power of social media is not affected. Oh, see, demons know your weakness. It's a common thing they use. They they know the people's bodies they're going to possess before they possess them because they, you know, they're they're fucking demons. They know it. All right guys, one last break of the um of the night or the day whenever you listen to this. So I will leave you at 12257 not too much further to go. So I shall be right back and enjoy And we're back. 125.33. Remember that conversation they just had. <laughs> they work so well together. I'm, I'm shocked they haven't done anything else together. See, I wonder if this is a Zazel at this point. And because that conversation was just so rich. But it's not. But again, foreshadowing of things to come. Now you're beginning to see the demon's plan coming through effect. More of the um city of Babylon, if you, read, if you ever read your Bible. So they basically can transfer power, not only through touch but through breath, kind of like when um. Our serial killer got electrocuted. He kind of went through the fumes. Nighty-night. Shoot, Denzel was supernatural before supernatural. What a cool references. First we saw Freaks, now we're seeing Scooby-Doo. There's the brother. Hmm. Uh-oh. Uh-huh. The demons always work subtly. Never bombastic. Now, if you don't know what those apartments are, those are old school apartments before you find out that his brother is dead. Those are called railway apartments because they come, they just go straight and the rooms are on the sides. like nowadays everything's a little different. See, so we don't get anything on this brother. I thought he was a little bit, you know, not all there. Maybe an acid trip or something, but. Demon got him. Always take care of your brother. Uh-oh. See, the demon does. Puts things there, aren't there. Got a dead brother in his house. Hmm. Oh <laughs> those buses bring back memories, I'm sorry. I just You know, I when I go out once in a while and I meet my friends at the Winchester, I take the Lynx bus and I lift home. I'm not gonna explain why, but you know, I'm sure if you know me you know why. But these buses these buses are so uncomfortable with those seats so, Ugh. Terrible. You know, it's funny, I don't recall him being on the run with the kid now. I thought the kid was, like, kept at a neighbor's house. Now to see that he's actually on the run with the kid. Very Man on Fire. Another one of his films. Ooh. I just socked him. And this demon has basically ruined his life. You know, he's on the run now. His brother's dead. He's on the run with his nephew. Again, Man on a Fire. Man on the Fire to me is like the movie that basically made John Wick and the Equalizer happen. So good. It just proves that Tal Denzel's a badass. The demons is supernatural. They do things to, like, hey, you did it, or human did it. And they do it throughout, you know, the incantations, of the episode. But through this, which makes this version of Azazel really good, is like he's doing things to create things around Detective Hobbs to make him guilty, to make him the bad guy. Which I just, it's just so good. I don't know how he how died, though. It just says he has the markings on his chest, and. But you don't see how, how it happened. I mean, obviously, you don't, but. Loving kids is hard, man. Dude, call the cops. This guy's a fugitive. (laughs) those apartments in the wintertime are very cold and they don't have like the central heating or air conditioning system that, you know, the modern homes or apartments have nowadays. Babylon is the great fallen, is fallen, and has become a dwelling place of demons. The house of Babylon or the city of Babylon was a place of just like, if you haven't read your Bible, I'll give you a little little quick lesson city of babylon basically were like just unspeakable things happened like um prostitution gambling anything you can bring up and this is why god ordered the city of babylon to be destroyed or whatever because of all that you know nefarious stuff happening and uh, this is the place that the demons claim they want to dwell in so This actress looks a little bit like Scully. The haircut, I guess. Again, if you have kids... Or if you don't have kids, you have even animals that are the closest thing to your kids, but you always want to protect them. You know, as a dad myself, it's sometimes hard to deal with, like, you know, your daughter getting older and doing things that you did. And, you know, you have to see it through different lenses. And I think that's about, to me, that's about what a parent is being about. It's just like, you know, you want to try to guide your kids from not doing the things. That you did. You want them to be better, but sometimes they fall off, and you just gotta be there. You're just gonna be that, you know, gonna be that rock. Sorry, went on tangent. It's been a long day. She's not in a lot of scenes in this film. But she just provides that nice, warm feeling. You know, something hopeful. Denzel could hit that right now. (laughs) But it's not him. That is a nice shot. If you see the shot we're doing right now before he leaves the apartment building, he's looking to the side to the left of an angel. Again, everything in this film is leading to this. This part right here. Alright, guys, give me one moment. My, um, alright, guys, give me a second. My, uh, I think a little cable fell off the. I am at 147.07. So, be right back. Alright, biggest thing What's going to happen now the guy drives off all the way to a cabin by himself. He's told his whole spew. Who would know that he's there? I have a horse found him. Denzel speaks fucking Sumerian sounds cool. <laughs> and they always say the face of the killer is somebody that's going to be closest to you and he's always going to be wearing white. Man, I like Donald in this role. He's not in this film a lot, but when he is, he's one of those actors like Denzel that, limited screen time, he just adds something. I like him when you know he's clean shaven. He's like more bearded nowadays. This is so good to set up right here. You're watching three world-class actors just go to work right now. And I include John Goodman up there, by the way. You know, I had a, I had a post last night that I'll talk to you I sign off before I sign off but um man John Goodman to me he can fit like in this new DC world James Gunn is building as a villain not sure who yet but man he could. like a Calabac, maybe he'd be an interesting choice <clears throat> oof there we go To me, this is the best way you can end it. Like, why not face the person you trust the most? John Goodman only has like 10 minutes of just shining as a villain, but I was so in. Still am. Ah, it's on my side. Yes, it is. He's so good. He's just so good. And again, Elias is the person who began this entire film as the villain. You have to carry that entire cadence throughout the entire film. And every actor who acts as Azazel does it well. Oh, nice. And again, goes back to the beginning of the film. What we? Why did he go up there? For what reason? God, Dentel's so good, man. Any movie he's fucking in. See, he figures it out. He's going to catch on, I think. Poison. Denzel at his finest, ladies and gentlemen. It's script and writing, but come on. (laughs) <laughs> if you saw that little thing right there, where he's swallowing the smoke, going back in. Time is a, see. Time is on my side. Yes, it is. No, he's already damned himself. It's pretty much he's done. And now he gets in him. This is kind of cool, where like that is Azo's possessing him, but he's dying. He has no way to get out. Now he's trying to find a way out. And again, goes back to the beginning, the whole commentary. John Hobbs. And again, that panning shot of how the demon... If you guys were watching the cat at the beginning of the film, he comes back into play. He almost died. Kids, I need to introduce myself. I'm a man of wealth and taste. Classic way to end. Crowd shot. You don't know where Zazel is. He could be anyone or anywhere. Hmm. And, guys, that is Fallen 1998. We are finished. Finito with May. We're done with creepy doll month, so don't worry about it. Put Annabelle. Put all those dolls away. Put Chucky away. Or Megan. Or whatever. What not. Dolls are done. We're finished with May. Happy Memorial Day to you guys. Whenever you listen to it. And now we will bleed to the month of June. And June rhymes with Bloom, Bloom House. And we are doing Bloom House movies next month. And to me... Bloomhouse is a horror studio that's been up and coming for years, but they make quality horror films on low budget. Basically, if you know anything about Bloomhouse, they can make a movie for like two million bucks and they'll make a hundred million. I think Smile was theirs, and um, Barbarian. Not sure. I have to look that up. But um, they make horror movies for cheap, and their movies are really, really good. And to me, one of the best ones we're starting off with next month is The Invisible Man. If you've never seen this film, they were starting off with a universal horror movie, Monster Universe there for a while. Johnny Depp was going to be The Invisible Man. And he probably would have made it his own. But the way they made this version of The Invisible Man is very clever, very intelligent, doesn't insult the audience, and still very terrifying. And the acting is phenomenal. But anyway, that's next month. We're starting off to Bloomhouse Month. We are done with May. So guys, check out the Facebook page. Write some comments. PM me for ideas. Who knows? Michael will be back next month for some good times. And as always, from me to you, I will see you soon. All right, guys. Talk to you later.